Welcome back to your next stop. This is Juliette Hahn. Oh, we had some fun in this episode. I have mother and daughter duo, Allison Brune and Delia Folk of The Style That Binds Us. They created something together. It is such a fun story. And we agree that stories connect us. And that's what I love. And it, it gets like, so exciting. You can hear our passion. You can hear how excited we are. They talk about where they grew up in Alabama, how they moved to New York City, how Delia, who's the daughter really inspired her mom, Allison. Um, Allison was a kindergarten teacher and a first grade teacher. Then she went back to school for fashion, became a stylist, just really interesting women. They live in New York City now. And um, you do not want to miss this episode. You can find The Style That Binds Us on their website, thestylethatbindsus.com. You can also find them on all social media, The Style That Binds Us. They also have a podcast, The Style That Binds Us. And then you can also find them on YouTube and LinkedIn. And then Allison is A-L-I-S-O-N-B-R-U-H-N. And Delia is D-E-L-I-A-F-O-L-K. Again, the style that binds us. This is a fun story. We laugh a lot. Hope you guys enjoy. Have you ever been listening to your favorite podcast and that moment comes up and you think, oh my gosh, I need to share it? Well, now you can with Picked Cherries. What I love about Picked Cherries so much is that when I'm listening to my favorite podcast and that moment comes up that I want to share, I can take a snippet, which is called a Picked Cherry, and I can send that to my friends and family so they can get involved in the podcast that I love. It's almost like sending an IG or a TikTok. Available now, iOS and Android. If you're not picking cherries, are you really listening to podcasts? Hello, everyone. Welcome to your next stop. I'm Juliette Hahn. You know, I say this every single time and I, I don't know that there's going to be an episode that I don't say it, but I am so excited to share this next episode. I have mother and daughter duo and you guys know how much my mom means to me and how I have a daughter as well. So I'm welcoming Allison Brune and Delia Falk. How are you guys? Great. How are you? Yeah, we're so excited to be here. Thanks for having us. Yes, I'm really excited. So you guys, they started a company called The Style That Binds Us. They have a podcast. They are all over social media. I mean, literally TikTok, YouTube, LinkedIn, Instagram. I'm sure you're on Facebook as well. Yes, I mean, they, of course. <laughs> they are everywhere. And what I love about this, which you guys know, I'm like really not... I, I like fashion, but I'm kind of not great at it. And I'm okay. We all have our talents. But these guys make it really simple and give you great tips that I've already like, as I was doing a little research, my listeners know I do a tiny bit of research. I started realizing I was watching the videos and not, not doing what I was meant to be doing by researching you guys a little bit. And I was like, Oh, wait, I love that. I love how, I love how Allison is giving like a tutorial about earring length and your shape of your face and things like that. And I like literally caught myself sitting there watching. And I don't do that often. I usually, when I have a task, I'll get it done when I'm, you know, looking up. And so you guys are good at what they do as well. <laughs> Thank you. You are welcome. So again, it's the style that binds us. They also have a website, stylethatbindsus.com, and you can find everything there as well. So we're going to jump in. I mean, this is exciting. So I would love, and I'm going to have Allison start first because she's your mom. Um, and, uh, <laughs> I'm going to have you give us a little background, Allison, uh, you know, where you grew up, if you went to university, and then kind of how you fell into this. And I know it's going to entwine the stories together. Sure, sure. So I grew up in Birmingham, Alabama, and I went to, I started at SMU um, in the dance program, and then I transferred to the University of Alabama, and I was in the communications, marketing, PR um, department there. And then I graduated from college, worked a little while, and then realized what I really wanted to do was teach first grade, which during college I knew I did not want to do. So it was like a total pivot went back to school, got the teacher, teacher certification and taught school for years. And then at a certain point I stopped teaching and I was a stay at home mom for a long time. And then when Delia went to college, when she was a, I was an empty nester, I decided I wanted to do something else and I wanted to make a difference and that had been so rewarding teaching kindergarten, so rewarding and first grade, but I wasn't sure I wanted to go back to being sick half the time. And, you know, 20 little people <laughs> thinking I was their mom, you know, all of the things I didn't think I had the energy. So I ended up going to FIT and getting a, a 
certification in image consulting, which is interesting to me because it's marketing, which I majored in the first time. It's teaching, which I majored in the second time. And then it's also doing something for other people, which has been a lifelong, um, you know, mission for me all wrapped in one. And it would, you know, when I was younger, if someone said, Oh, you're going to be an image consultant and help other women figure out how to dress to put their best foot forward, I would be like, what, you know? So it, it, it's very interesting how it came about and it certainly came about through uh, Delia. And I love that. And I'm one of the things my mom, first of all, was a kindergarten teacher and um, that was what she did for 30 years. And so I a special, you know, special respect for you guys. But the thing that I always want my listeners to listen to, because a lot of times people will say like, I don't know what I want to do. And, and they feel like if they don't know what they want to do, or they're, they are staying home with their children that they're missing out. And I, I always say, cause I stayed home with my kids for many years and then I re and reinvented myself or I pivoted, you know, I, we talk about pivoting a lot on this podcast. And I think it is important for the listeners, men or women, to know that when you are doing something, there's never a wrong path. I believe that we all have a path, whether you believe in God or the universe or, or both. We all have a path. And everything that we are doing at that time is just teaching us for the next step, right? Or the next stop or your next stop. I mean, it, it really is. And um, it's in, just important because uh, I will have so many people say to me like, well, how did you know you wanted to get into podcasting and speaking and helping people tell their stories? And I always say, you know what? I, I, I studied communications in college. I was always a storyteller. You know, I knew that my voice and when I spoke, I had a different respect from teachers and adults and, and people. I'm dyslexic, you know, so school was like hard for me. But when I spoke, people stopped and they would say, Oh, wait, I want to know more about this. So I always knew that. And that was all of those things that I went through as a kid and growing up kind of led me into how to then create a business, all the stuff that, you know, going through motherhood, motherhood's tough. It's wonderful. It's amazing. But there's a lot of things that you learn about yourself, sometimes the good and the bad as you grow there. And I learned things there. And then I learned, you know what, this is what I am meant to be doing because I allowed myself to daydream or meditate, whatever you want to say, and figure out what do I want to do? And let me take the action to do it. And I think that's what so many people don't do. They don't go to that next step where then they take the action. So I love that you kind of did all these different things. You let yourself go and jump in. And so I do have a question for you. Where do you think you kind of got that tenacity, that grit? Is that something that you you know had at, from a childhood or is there something that you were born with? Or did you see your parents like really working hard and pivoting? I think I saw that for sure. But I also saw, I think I was just born with this feeling that um, I'm just like a sponge for information. And anytime I get information, I want to share it with other people to make their lives better too. So anytime I was like, if anything was going on with my body, I was like, I got to find the answers. I'm not going to sit here and just complain about it. And then once I found the answers, I was like, Oh, I bet other people would want to know this too. And that's another reason why I started what I was doing. And I started it at age 50. And what I was going to tell you is, so it's like, here I am, here you are. And here Delia is in our, in our ages, in our life's journeys or whatever you're still going to continue learning so much from your kids. I mean, Delia teaches me and pushes me to new limits every day for sure. Oh, I love that. I love that. Well, now we're going to jump into Delia, your story, you know, and, and where you grew up, if you went to university and a little bit about that. And again, I know it's going to kind of all come together in this big explosion. <laughs> yes. So I grew up in Birmingham, Alabama as well. And then I went to the University of Alabama. That is what everyone did from my town. Basically, you go to Alabama or Auburn. <laughs> so I followed suit. I was a cap at Alabama, just like mom. And then I got there and I started thinking, this is like, feels like 13th grade. This is great. I'm meeting some people from Alabama and Texas and Georgia, but maybe college is a time to spread your wings and go out and meet new people and have new experiences and expand your worldview. So I ended up transferring to William & Mary. So instead of 45 minutes from home, I was 12 hours from home. So that was really exciting. And then when I got there, all of my sorority sisters, they had all these majors, they had career ambitions. And so I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I need to get busy. What am I going to do? So then I decided I'm going to move to New York and work in fashion. I don't know anyone in it. I don't know anything about that, but that's what I'm going to do. And so then began this journey to make that happen. So 
I ended up interning at Versace in men's wholesale. And then once I graduated college, I worked at Barney's on the buying team. So I was in beauty ready to wear and jewelry. And while at Barney's, one way to start a company, Juliet, as you know, is thinking about what do people consistently come to you for? What are they asking you? Similar questions, these recurring themes. So one of them was when anyone would say Delia is working at Barney's, living in New York, they would come up with some person that wanted to work in fashion. Can she talk to Delia? So I wanted to create, I'm similar to mom, where when we have information and access, we want to share that with others. So I wanted to create the resource that I didn't have when I was trying to break into this industry of how did I get into the industry? What is it like when you're in it? So you can figure out what position, what company, all of the things would be right for you. So I started a blog and then also thinking about what were my favorite aspects of my job. One of them was going to market and then getting to meet these incredible brands, the founders of the brand and hearing their story firsthand. And then also getting to learn about their products that were coming out. It was the most magical thing. So then I started a blog so that as an excuse to further my relationship with them. I could interview them for my blog and then tell other people about it. So, and then mom and I, I pushed her to start a blog where she was answering the style questions that women were consistently asking her. And then I wanted to start a YouTube channel and podcast because I felt the future was audio and visual video. And so we brought the blogs to life via video and audio started the YouTube channel and podcast. So that's when we merged our blogs to create the style that binds us in April 2018. And we started the blogs in like October 2016. So I love that. And so I love also, and I'm going to kind of throw something out there and you can say, yeah, you're totally right. Or no, not at all. Do you think Delia watching your mom, you know, knowing that your mom taught and then knowing your mom went back to school and wasn't afraid to kind of start things is what gave you a little bit of the entrepreneur spirit? Or did you see that in other places as well? <laughs> no, no, because that kind of happened like I was at Barney's and then mom decided to do this. So it was kind of like Delia moving to New York and working in fashion opened both of our worlds, expanded both of our worlds. And thankfully mom, instead of just sitting there being sad that I had left, she found right. something that was good for her to do and you know, whatever. So what was the question about? So no, the entrepreneur, I mean, my grandfather, we have a lot of entrepreneurs in the family in yeah. no way growing up would I have ever said, I'm going to start a business. So that just happened. So I guess it was inside of both of us maybe, but it definitely wasn't mom. Cause it was, I think me kind of inspired mom to right. Start right. Yeah. So, well, right. and because I, I do ask this a lot on the podcast, it's because it fascinates me about people that do become entrepreneurs. And a lot of times, I mean, I don't think I've ever had anyone, I think there was one person that literally there was no, they were like, no, I have no idea. And they really kind of fell into it. But there is a personality, in my opinion, that really are, are, like really are kind of made to be entrepreneurs. They maybe don't always happen, but then I do also believe that there's people that are not, they're just not made to be entrepreneurs because it's just not in their, in their blood. It's not in their brain. That's not how they work. They don't love that kind of nervousness of, okay, I, I, it's all on me to do it. They would rather have a little bit more structure. So that's why I always ask it because it's, if you had it, so you said your grandfather was, I, I believe that, you know, you, it's kind of in your makeup, right? And then even though your mom didn't do it, but then she was inspired by you, it was probably in her as well, right? To kind of do it. And then it really came about that you guys did this together. Yes, totally. I think that um, in my generation, uh, growing up in the South, a lot of women didn't work at all. So the idea of someone at 50, you know, starting a career was pretty much unheard of. And Delia again and again says to me, but I don't understand why not. And so as the mother, you know, you have to be like, oh, now I've got to do it because I have to be a good example. And that's what I was telling you, even when they're 30 years old and they say, I don't understand why you can't do it. You're like, now I've got to show what it means to be 59. So I have to do it. So, you know, they keep sort of, you know, giving you this more can do, um, attitude. And because she did that for me, I want to do it for other women, especially women who are 
you know, older than 40, older than 50. It's like, you know, you're not invisible. It's not over. We're going to live these fabulous lives. So that's really, um, the mission of the style that binds us all together is helping and encouraging women to live their most fearless and stylish lives. And that's really what we believe every day. And I love that. And it's so true because again, like I started this, you know, in, in 2019, I'm going to be 49 and I had like little thing, you know, I, I volunteered at the kids school. I ran the environmental club. I did, you know, things in the fitness world, you know, taught classes. I did that as my kids were getting older and I was in, in the corporate world before I had kids, but I knew I always wanted to stay home. And this is something that um, I think you guys can re- kind of relate to. I remember my, so my mom did go back to work at some point when we were young, she, she taught, but she, it was able, she was able to teach. But when I was little, little, she was really home. And so my sister and I had kids at the same uh, time, but my sister lives in Charlotte, North Carolina. We literally had our, our first a week apart and uh, she's two years younger than me. And she was in corporate real estate and I was in alternative advertising. So I was like traveling crazy. My hours were crazy. I lived in New York City. I lived in New York City for many years. And um, I remember it was time for me to kind of go back. I, you know, had the baby and I was like, okay, I'm going to go back. I remember my, my oldest is named Montgomery, not named after anything Alabama. He's, <laughs> we just love the name. So I was sitting there with her, him and I was talking to my sister and I was just crying. And she's like, I was like, okay, I, I talked to the nanny and I just, I don't know how I'm going to do this. Like, I just want to stay home with him, but maybe it's the blues. And my mom always said when they're little, it's okay to go back because when they're a little older is an important time to stay home. But when they're really little and I was like, okay, I can do this. I can do this. My husband's like, I will support you any way that you want. I'm happy either way. And I was fortunate enough that he, you know, was fine. We were financially secure. So I did not have to go back to work. And my sister said to me, because she only had to go back one day a week and I would have had to go back. I probably could have gone back three. I probably could have worked it out, but it would have been like crazy hours. She said, well, what's going to make you the best mom and wife? And I didn't even hesitate. I said, oh, staying home. And she goes, well, what are you doing? And I was like, well, it's the time, you know, my oldest is 17. So it was the time where women could do it all, right? We could do it all. We can have that big career. We can raise a family. And I don't believe that you can do it all. And I think that was such a bad message because I said to her, I was like, I'm going to be like, 50, 60% mom, which is going to make me sad. It'd be like whatever the next percentage work. And then poor Dan is really going to be kind of left for nothing. And that's not fair. And she said, well, why are you even thinking about it? And I said, because isn't that what we're supposed to? And when I tell you, I was a very, like I still am. I'm a super confident person. I know who I am. I never hesitated or did anything. But when I first had a baby, I remember being like, Oh, I don't know what this feeling is. And it was like insecurity because I was like, okay, this, this little person is, it's not as easy as I thought. I babysat my whole life. I thought, and I always wanted to have kids. Like it was going to be Kate because I was like good with kids. And it was just the hormones and everything. And I just remember being like, I don't like this feeling. <laughs> I don't like this feeling at all. And I did choose to stay home. And it was the, I was like, how would I ever leave? And I know my best friend, she was like, oh, I have to go. I have to have someone else raised the, in the beginning. She's like, because I will be a better mom and wife if I'm not there all the time. And I said, and so it was very interesting. And she lived in the city and I would like hang out with her nanny. You know what I mean? And it was like, it was fine and it was fun. And there was no judging it either. And I think that's what's so important to do what's best for you as a person and not what society uh, feels or says. So going back and and then doing something, following your dreams like you did at the, you know, at 50 is so cool because some people can start, but you still have a whole another, I mean, that's like midlife, right? You have a whole nother chapter. Right. And also I think exactly what you said, it is so important to think things through because that's why I made the decision to stay at home too, was I had 15 kids at school that thought I was their mom. Delia was five. She needed her mom. I had just remarried and had two stepchildren and a new husband. And I wasn't doing my best at any of them. Something had to give and I didn't want to, you know, get rid of the others. So I, I retired from teaching, you know, so, um, so that I could dedicate myself more to that. So yeah, there's no shame in any of that. Um, and maybe the, the lesson there is, and I never would have thought then it's okay. I'm going to stay at home for, you know, 18 years and then I'm going to start a company. I mean, I would have never thought that was going to happen. So just plan to be amazed at your life as it unfolds. There'll be bad times, but there'll be some amazing ones too. 
Right. And Delia, that has to be just like fun for you to watch your mom, you know, reinvent herself, if you want to say, but also because you were, you know, pushing her excited to do that. Can you take us through that a little bit? Like, was it an easy like, yes, I convinced mom or did you have to do a lot of that? Oh, my gosh. So much convincing. It takes years. I'll plant a little seed. And then five years later, then she says, oh, I think I'm going to do whatever. I'm like, okay, let's pretend (laughs) that you came up with this because I told you to do this five years ago. But if you want to act like you just came up with this and you're ready to do it, I'm so happy for that. But anyway, no, yes. I mean, I'm so, 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 so happy to, to watch her blossom and have this not second chance of life, but like have all of these changes and really hopefully create a life kind of during COVID, I was like, okay, we're taking inventory. How did we like our lives pre-COVID? What do we want to change? And I was like, I literally loved my life. I was like high on life before COVID. I love my life so much. And so I said, you know, mom, I want to make sure that you are living a life that you love as well. So yeah. Yeah, that's so awesome. Now, when did, um, so I, I want to know, like, what, so I lived in New York City for a long time. It's one of my favorite places on earth. I mean, it's just, and I live now just an hour and a half away. I live at the beach in, in, in New York. But Great. where, like, what is your favorite part of living in New York City, especially coming from the South? And I'm going to ask both of you that whoever wants to go can go first. <laughs> you want me? <laughs> okay, let's see. Well, I moved here exactly one year and two weeks ago, full time. Wow. So okay. I've only been living here for, that's another thing. I moved to New York city at 59. So I got a divorce and then had always lived in Alabama and moved up here. And we, uh, you know, were able to work together full time. I mean, we don't live together, but we live in different parts of the city, but we were able, I mean, our business has grown, you know, threefold just in a year, actually having more time up here. So, um, my favorite thing about it is the fact that I live here. I mean, I, I love the city. I've loved it my whole entire life. I've come back and forth. I have family here and to finally walk out. I mean, every night when I go to sleep, I say, you know, good night, New York. And every morning I'm like, good morning, New York. It's such a, an amazing thing. I live near central park. I mean, you know, the ballet, the opera, the, there's just, there's too many wonderful things about it. There really is. I've never lived in a place that I, that I was so inspired by. I mean, you know, I'm not saying anything negative about Birmingham, Alabama, but you know, New York is, is New York. New York is, I mean, it's a unique place. Yeah. Unique. I mean, they're the energy I always would say, and I'm like either a city person or a beach person. I'm not in between. I'm either like, okay, near the water or I go. And the second I get back to the city, it's, it's like, I didn't skip a beat. I mean, my energy is New York city. I never, I was never overwhelmed there. Even when I remember my first job interview, I actually got a job before I graduated because I knew that's where I wanted to be. And I remember going on the subway and going completely the wrong way. And my friends being like, you know, not knowing where I was, this was like, you know, early cell phones, but I remember getting out and, um, I was not in a really nice area and I got out in like my suit and like (laughs) bright (laughs) eyes and someone came up and was like, you should not be in this neighborhood. You're going to get back on. And I was like, Oh wait, I'm looking for, and they're like, you went on the wrong way in the subway. And I was like, Oh, Oh, okay. They're like, get back on and go down. And this was when, you know, obviously New York also was really, really safe. And I just remember getting back um, on and I was like, probably on the subway for like 45 minutes. You know, I mean, like, I really <laughs> was like, okay, I have no idea. I, I understand <laughs> that feeling. <laughs> yeah. um, and it, you know, to that day, I remember, oh, I need to pay attention. And I need to like, literally know what I'm doing. And it's just it really is we were there. So I had all three of my kids in New York. I, uh, we, I was there probably for over 10 years. Love, 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 love it. Now, Delia, so how long have you been in the city and what is your favorite? Yes. Eight years. So I interned here, got a little taste and then knew I was going to move back after graduation and did that September after I graduated. So my favorite things about it, I mean, all the different, the internationality, I guess, like literally going to a museum and, or being anywhere and hearing all these different languages. And I mean, you can literally be like, Oh, I want to go to Mexico or, Oh, I want to go to Spain. And like, you just go to a restaurant and you're like straight, you're kind of put in that city and Mm -hmm. just all the different 
I'm someone annoyingly for any and all parents that I have <laughs> always need to be doing something. What are we doing today? What are we listening to? Like what, what's happening? <laughs> and so there wasn't much to do in Tennessee or Alabama. So anyway, just to be able to walk outside the door and like the, the city is your oyster. So those are a couple few small things that I love about it. Oh, I love that. I love that. Okay. So I want to get into the style that binds us also, because I would love for you guys to give like the listeners, I know there's like a really hot color. Um, and I have a funny story about that. Cause again, I am not fashion forward and I was just at the draft, um, for the NFL, my NFL series. And I wore the color that everyone's like, Oh, you're so hip. And I was like, Oh my God, this is like 20 years old. I found it in like a, like I found it in clothes that I'd put away that I, you know, dresses and I literally got 20 dresses like dry cleaned because I was like, oh, now I'm doing these live events. I need them. And it was the one I wore. <laughs> so it was funny to hear your podcast episode. I listened to a little bit of it, of some of the hot trends and fashion in, uh, you know, for this fall. So take us through a little bit of that. And then I also, I'll ask you a question after that, but uh, take us through a little bit of some of the trends that are happening now. Oh my God. Okay. I'll tell about the style that binds us. And I think maybe you're referring to pink. Mom could talk about, um, yeah. <laughs> but basically the style that binds us, it is a media platform and consulting agency, all fashion focused. And so the consulting part is the personal styling. So mom is a stylist and she works with executives. She does wedding styling, closet edits, seasonal updates, any and all things a personal stylist does, but she has New York City as her landscape. So that is a really special experience for her clients because they can shop either at the designer's atelier or at the stores and create these really magical shopping experiences that usually would only be people in the fashion industry, the fashion insiders would have access to. And then I am a brand consultant. So when I left Barney's, one of my favorite things about working there was discovering, launching, and nurturing emerging brands. And so when I left, I wanted to continue working with brands one-on-one. So I work with them on their wholesale marketing direct to consumer strategies and then media platform. That's all the fashion content that you're talking about. So through the podcast, the newsletter, the website, all the things it's style tips and then introducing people to emerging brands. That's so fun. So fun. And, and I, and I know Allison, we're going to have you talk about the, you know, some of the hot stuff that's happening in the fall, but, um, did that all, I have to ask you, did that all kind of come about? Cause you really kind of put together both of your expertise and put it together, which is really fun. I mean, I think that's really fun, but what can it came first and then what grew and then, um, you know, what do you think is, is there something else that's going to be next? I would love to like kind of dive into that. Exactly. I know we really created this fashion ecosystem, this business model that hasn't existed before. So one, like to explain that in an elevator pitch and for the fashion industry to understand who we are has been a challenge when you're starting something new, it's always like, Right. A challenge, but because when we would go to fashion month, they're like, are you a buyer or are you media? We're like kind of both. So, right. <laughs> I know. So it did kind of happen organically. Like we started the blogs, then that we, it was separate and mom did not want to do the mommy and me thing coming from the South. She's like, you know what? We have serious careers and businesses. We're not going to have a shtick and like have this little mother daughter act. Right. And we want people to take us seriously. So she find when people would see us together, they're like, you have a great relationship. You work in the same industry. I don't understand why you aren't doing something together. You're going to be stronger together. And there's not a mother daughter in this space. And so we ended up merging the blogs and that's when the media portion of the business started. And that was just really being able to create the style content in the medium that seemed to make the most sense, like telling the designer's story on the podcast and then do a mother-daughter styling video. This is how Allison wears it. This is how Delia wears it from jeans to cocktail. So it's a multi-generational approach to style. And then we started hosting events. So people at the brands that we love, they would say, we have a story of a great list community in the city. Would you want to host an event? And the designer will be there. So our community can then meet them in person. So that is a little bit about how it organically came together. I love that. Yeah, that's perfect. All right. That, no, that, that you did that wonderfully. Okay. So Allison, now I'm going to ask you, what are some of the hot things happening in this fall? Sure. Sure. Um, let's see. So you were referring to 
hot pink. I was, I wore like a hot, right? hot pink dress and everyone's like, you're so fashionable. And oh, I was I like, bet you oh. fabulous. <laughs> no, yes. I, I, yeah, but I like threw it in a bag. I had no plan and right. I had no idea that it was coming back, which was really right. funny. But even like what you're wearing today, you can, you know, you've, you've got high contrast between your hair and your skin. So what you're wearing with a black blazer and the cobalt blue tank, the hot pink dress, anything like that is going to, it, it's going to overwhelm some people that are super fair, like with blonde hair, but for you, it really pops. So I know you are really look dynamite. Well, after I listened to that little part of it, I was like, Oh, I need to wear some color. <laughs> oh, totally. Yeah. And you did a great job of it today. Some people aren't comfortable with wearing, you know, a cobalt blue top. They're not, you know, they don't love sort of making bold statements, but, but they can still partake in that by putting it like under a blazer, you know, but right. anyway, the hot pink trend. So right now, the only negative is that there are so many trends. There's just, everything is a trend. You can say whatever it is in your closet. And you can say, this is a trend. It's so crazy how they're, they're, they're doing this now. But, um, so we picked out for our podcast, we picked out some of the trends that we think, our listeners would actually be interested in, mm -hmm. you know, and, and some trends that they were going to see that how you can wear them. Cause sheer is a huge deal right now, but obviously, um, even in bridal fashion week, they had sheer gowns with all this beading, but they would say, we can make a slip to go underneath it, you know, and I was thinking, well, who would not wear the slip underneath <laughs> it as a bride? But anyway, <laughs> you know, right there, there's so many, you know, different things like that. There's all these cutouts and, you know, very sexy clothes and very high slits and everything. And that's not something that most, you know, a lot of women aren't comfortable with that. Some are, but anyway, so the hot pink trend, one thing that's great about it is it looks good on almost everybody, even if you are fair, uh, you know, blonde, if you have dark, if you have black hair, if you have brown hair, red hair can, it can actually work with redheads too. So it's an interesting color. It brings pops and glow to most people's um, faces. So it, it's a great color choice. It's obviously coming out of um, 2021 and 2022. And looking back, this is a very joyful color and it is, right. you know, celebrating life and also the Barbie movies coming out. So this is a part of Barbie core that some people have named this trend. And also Pier Paolo, the man that is the designer for Valentino. Valentino has been traditionally the Valentino red. So now he's added in this hot pink. And so that's a part of the trend too. Um, and, and so, and then breast cancer month too. So you're seeing a lot of hot pink in October that, that has always been shown in October. So there are a lot of reasons why it's a big trend right now. And it's super fun to wear, um, metallics, especially silver, like lots of silver shoes, silver boots. And that's a really fun way, you know, imagine you're in all black and then you wear a little silver booty all of a sudden it's like, Oh, she's so chic, you know, and it's just that one little thing. Um, so I think that's a really fun trend. I think that, um, preppy is in, you know, which people of a certain age would be like, I never knew it went out because that's the way I've always dressed, <laughs> right. but that's kind of fun. Streetwear is, is having a preppy moment which is very interesting to me. And like the guy that was the design director for Supreme is now the men's designer for J crew. Oh, so and, he's oh, bringing in, yeah, it's going to be a really cool, uh, you know, uh, melding of styles. I can't wait to see what that's going to look like. And, um, and so nostalgia is a big trend that goes along with, uh, uh, the preppy, um, and what else, Delia? What were some of our favorites that I'm leaving out? I mean, we could literally talk about trends for three hours. <laughs> I know. So I know. And the main, I guess the main advice for that is if you see one that you like, you know, dip your toe into it, but don't in, invest a lot of money in something. However, I will say this, chocolate brown is also having a moment this, this season. I saw that, yeah. And usually it's hard to find. For some reason, it is not, uh, people don't make chocolate brown blazers. They don't make chocolate brown. They make shoes, but they don't make a lot of clothes and things like that. So if you are a hot pink person, if you are a chocolate brown, you know, loving person, this is the season to stock up 
because we like people to shop not just for this season, but for all the seasons coming later. You know, people will say, well, it's halfway through the season. Should I invest in this? I'm like, we're not picking this out just for 2022. I want you to bring it out next fall and be like, oh, I've missed you, you know, about these pieces that you invest in and building a wardrobe, thinking of it as building an art collection rather than throwing things away, buying it, throwing things away. Your closet's so jam-packed, you you forget things are even in there. Like you said, you pull this pink dress out from, you know, something that you haven't, it's kind of fun. You shopped your closet or your storage closet right. or whatever, you know, that's, that's really fun. So everything doesn't have to be brand new. And a lot of times too, cowboy boots are huge right now. Well, a lot of us have cowboy boots. You might even have cowboy boots from college, right? you know? I have college boot. I have a cowboy boots from when Delia was, when I was pregnant with Delia, we went skiing and I couldn't ski. So I bought, uh, my husband bought me a beautiful pair of cowboy boots and I've taken good care of them and I still have them. They're in my closet right now. So, um, those are all, you know, we, we love trends, but we're not trend driven by any mean, any means. And we, we warn people about that because there very much might be a trend that does not work for you. So do not do it. Right. And I love because that is if you go to any of your pages, that is like comes across because I am very simple. I mean, I am not like a hot pink person. I probably tend to be more red or I, I definitely am more black and, you know, and I'll throw even though I love like color. I mean, color is so Black. me. Yeah. I love color. Even like in my house when everything was white and gray, I would be like, no, I'm having an orange bathroom or this. And I'm, and I'm not like, I mean, my listeners and my friends are listening to this. They're like, Oh my God, I, I am literally like the worst. Like, I'm like, well, no, I don't care what it said out there. If, if that color makes me happy, I have a bright teal door and I will keep that forever. Wonderful. I don't care if that goes out. Cause that is like, I love color. It makes me happy. Yes. Um, and I don't tend to always wear it because I do like black clothing and black clothing does like look good on me and pop. And I, and it's just easy for me. It's just, you know, easy to be like, I can throw that. So I love the silver, you know, like adding that into there because I feel like, again, I probably bought a couple of pieces back when I lived in the city that I always kept that were like, Oh, that was like a fun thing, you know, didn't wear it for a long time, but kept it somewhere because it was like, I spent money on invested in it. So I think that advice is really, really important. Um, and you guys do a very good job at doing, you make it very simple and you make it very like for someone like me, that is not stylish. Like if I, when I, and I don't like to shop, I know you're like, Oh, I, I actually no, do I not like no, to no. shop. I don't particularly love to shop. I love to solve problems. Right. <laughs> so if you come to me and you say, I love color, but I hate to shop. I'm not sure how to wear it, where it's not too much or not enough to make a difference. Can you point me in the right direction? So with me, it's a little less about like, fashion and it's more about, you know, functionality, practicality, style, personal style, personal brand, all that kind of stuff. Which is so important. And you do a really, really good job at that. You guys really do. Yes. So I wanted to like, and we have a a couple more minutes, but I would also love to jump into the podcast. I mean, how do you guys like doing that? How many episodes do you have out? You know, what, um, what can people look forward to with the podcast and then like kind of what's next in, in, you know, your, your guys, the style that binds us. You're so sweet to ask. So the podcast, basically that came from when I started at Barney's day one, I had researched all my brands. I was so excited. I had 30 vendors. I'm very type A. So I had my little sheet and it had all the brand stories. And I'm thinking to myself, Oh my gosh, because Barney's was all about emerging brands. I'd never heard of them. I walked the floor and not one of those stories was told to me. And that was a shocking observation that lay dormant for many years. And so the, when I did the Q and a interviews with all these incredible founders, I wanted the people that I knew and my audience to get to learn about this brand before it takes five to 10 plus years for the brand to be something that everyone knows about. It's like Oatly, They've been around for 20 years and now everyone just learned about them, you know, recently when oat milk had this crazy, crazy (laughs) uptick and became the thing. So I always laugh when people are like, one time I was in the elevator and they said, oh, I just heard about, there's this new brand called Loewe and they have these great bags. I'm like, okay, that has literally been around for like hundreds of years, (laughs) but just because you just heard about it, it's uh, this new brand. It's new, right? (laughs) So basically on the podcast, it's either 
a conversation, an interview with a founder. So whether that's a beauty founder or fashion designer, so you can hear their story, hear who they are and why they started this company. So you're getting, I have a friend and she was like, I feel like I am in the know. I know about all these great brands because I read your newsletter. I listen to your podcast much more so than my friends. And so, so there's that. And then also mom and I do mother daughter style chat episodes and lots of trends. So we did the the fall trends. And then also we're going to do a bridal fashion week trend recap happening. So trends, but also really helping you to figure out your personal style or whatever questions that consistently mom styling clients are coming to her asking or our friends, then we can create a podcast about like how to dress in a timeless way or how to figure out what your style can and should be. I love that. And you know, I mean, and this is why we got along so well, because I stories connect us. I mean, I teach people how to share their stories. I teach and, and that just came about because of the podcast because of my curiosity, because I want to share people's stories. I mean, again, stories connect us stories. When you hear someone's story, you either love them or you're like, okay, that was interesting. But when you hear a story that really resonates and digs deep into your heart, you feel more connected. I, I will have, I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've had people approach me oh, I have a book that I want to promote. Can I be on your podcast? And I'm like, no, <laughs> I'm sorry. First of all, my podcast, if you do any research, it's about stories. It's about who you are. And a lot of times, whatever you have to promote comes out because that is your passion. That's how you turned it into a business. You know, that's how you did it. But a lot of people don't understand that when they're creating a brand, that it's really, it's about who you are and your story. And if you have, and some people will be like, well, I don't really have a good story. When I first started telling my story and I would have people say to me, wow, that's actually really interesting. I'm like, oh, I never really thought my story was very interesting because it happened to me, right? You don't think of your story unless you've had something really tragic or big or huge happen. It doesn't seem like it's, you know, something that's, that other people are going to be like, oh, wow. But there are so many parts of our lives. You know, when I tell people about my dyslexia and I have an adopted sister and, and, you know, I went to college and played two sports, then people are like, wow, that's really interesting. And I'm like, oh, well, I guess, I guess it's, it's not the, you know, not everyone has that story. So of course it's going to be a little bit more interesting. But when people can learn and brands can learn to tell their story and share their story is really when they're going to connect and get to that next level. So I love that you saw that, Delia, and and really went there. Where do you think that came from, your, your love for stories and connecting? Oh, my gosh. Baby, do you know? She's just like me. We cannot. We are so thirsty for knowledge, just constant knowledge and she, as a little girl, she questioned everything. She wanted to know about everything. I mean, it would be just like, oh my gosh. And I think also just this quest for knowledge and then falling in love with these stories. And, you know, like what you said, just when you said I played two sports in college. So what did that one sentence tell me about you? That explained who you are. I see your personality now. I understand it. I understand how you're doing these podcasts, how you're helping other people. You're tenacious. You don't give up. You're driven. You're a positive thinker. All of these things from that one sentence. And so that's the same thing with what you put on your body. It's the same thing with telling your story. It tells somebody so much just a sentence or two, you know, tell so much like dyslexia. Okay. Well, obviously she went through some hard times. She questioned her intelligence. So what is she doing now? She's helping other people tell their stories and believe in themselves because she learned to believe in herself despite having something that was a somewhat of an event disadvantage to her. So, yeah, I think the whole thing is really just like stories or what bring us all together and make us more alike than different. And if we could tell more stories and if people could listen to more stories, they might be kinder to each other. And literally, if, if you didn't have the accent, that was exactly what I would be saying. Like people would be like, oh my God, that's Juliet. Right. Oh wait, it's not Juliet because the person has, has a Southern accent a little bit, but it is exactly so true. And that's why it's so important for people to be able to share their stories and for others to listen. If we just all shared a little bit more about, and again, right, I just told one sentence and, and, and it, it showed a little bit into, and you nailed it on the head because you're curious Absolutely. and you connect and you listen. And so it is, it's awesome. So I love that. And I have to say, I always laugh my kids. I would, and especially my oldest, I would, we would call him the why kid W like, cause everything was like, well, why? And you know, people are like, oh, well, all kids say why 
I mean, he wanted to, he was so thirsty for knowledge and so curious. When we lived in the city, I would have to read every street sign. And funny enough, he's actually my dyslexic son. It runs in my family, my dad and my sister. Yeah, sure, and sure. so he, and so of course we didn't know this. And I was like, wow, he's really obsessed with words. And I really don't like to read and I'm having to read everything. This kid's <laughs> killing me. You know? That's hysterical. But it, it was because he was trying to process it. And he wasn't processing it. You know, he was probably processing it different. Obviously, my other two are not dyslexic. And so it was really interesting to go back and think about it. And uh, and he is curious like I was because we think and learn a little different. So it was like, well, wait, what is going on there? I want to know why. Anytime we had anyone come over to fix anything in the house, he'd be right there when the the plumber would come out. Wow, I think maybe he's going to be a plumber. He asked a lot of questions. Right, 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 right. You know, whatever he's going to be, I have no idea. But no, it's because he's curious and more people need to be curious. Right. I don't know if that's something you're just born with. Delia would say, why are we driving along? You know, and she's like, why are pigs pink? And then actually, why are pigs pigs? You know, I'm just like, oh my God. <laughs> so I used to say, we'll ask granddaddy because, you know, he's like a scientist. He's a doctor. So a lot of the questions I would see if he would help with a lot of the questions I would say, we're going to ask um, Danny Webster and Danny <laughs> Webster was the dictionary, <laughs> the Webster dictionary. You know, yeah. it was just like exhausting, but hilarious. You know, it was just constant. Yeah. And I'm dying laughing because that's literally. And I remember one time my daughter said to me, mom, why are we all born? Like, why are we here on earth? And I remember being like, and I was like really tired. And I was like, okay, I got to really think about this one because this is a great (laughs) question. And it's it's huge question. I remember just being like, okay, let me think about that for a second, but I'll get a good answer. Cause I always answered my kids questions. And I would, I would have friends though, that would be like, Jesus, your kids ask so many questions. It's annoying. <laughs> and I'd be like, no, I love questions. And so my friends would actually send their kids be like, go ask Juliet. She doesn't mind questions because I would love to. And, and if I didn't know, I would ask someone else or I would Google it. I'd be like, let's oh, Google sure, it. That's course. an interesting question, but I'm not sure. Yeah. And I think that's important. I think a lot of people shut do down too. questions, you know, because no, it is, no, no, no. you know, it, it does hurt your brain. I mean, she used to ask me math questions and I'm terrible at math. She would literally ask me math questions while I was driving, trying to like follow directions. And I'd be like, oh, honey, you just got you to give me a moment. I cannot do that math question in my head, but that's a great question. And we'll figure it out when we get to where we're going. <laughs> yeah. And maybe the people that aren't curious started out curious, but they were shut down at home and they, and their little spirit was kind of Tamped down. It could be. It could be. And you're, you know, that obviously shows so much your teaching um, spirit and who you are. Oh, absolutely. Right. And uh, and and my listeners know my story. Even though my mom was a teacher and a lot of family members were teachers, I did not always love teachers because they always would tell me because I would speak like this and they would be like, "Oh, you're not trying hard enough. You're not focused." And I'd be like, "Oh my god, I'm trying. I am focused," but they didn't understand that I just actually couldn't do it. yeah. So it was, you know, I did not want to be a teacher because I was like, oh, you know, a little frustrated <laughs> with that. Exactly. That makes sense too. Right. Oh my gosh. So Delia, I mean, I love it. So your mom answered those questions for you. She, you know, filled you with, you know, knowledge. And so you were able to kind of just be like, okay, I know I can go and do this. I can, I I really have the knowledge to do it. And so I think it's exciting that you guys are working together. I'm going to ask you the last question. Like what's your favorite thing, both of you about working together? I'll answer it first. So what I was also going to say about her is, maybe two, but most definitely by the age of three, everything I tried to help her with, she would tell me, I can do it by myself, (laughs) everything. So I'd be like, fine, go to school with the shoes on the wrong feet. You know, I'm tired of dealing with this. She said she knew how to do everything. And then when she finally would have to come back, go, actually, I don't know how to play the piano, you know, but anyway, so that has been her spirit her whole life. I love it. She can take on the world. Right. So, um, my, one of my favorite things about working her, working with her is that she does, it is exhausting sometimes, but she does push me out of the box and challenges me to do other things. And she believes in me. And that has been wonderful. Plus, you know, most kids grow up and then maybe some people want to get to see their kids a couple of times a year. And, you know, I, you know, we get to be together all the time. And when we travel together and things, it's 
so natural, you know, and we can give each other opinions about things that maybe we wouldn't feel comfortable saying that to someone who's a co-founder that wasn't in, you know, the family. And, um, just watching her, she amazes me, you know, it, the only thing that is challenging to me is sort of, you know, I know one day I'll be the child and she'll be the mom kind of thing, you know, when we're old, but that has happened to me a lot already because of working with her because of technology. So, so many times she has the answers and she has to talk to me, mom, open your phone, you know, and I'm like, do not talk slowly <laughs> like that to me. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm an intelligent woman. I'm not ancient, but so that those are the challenges I think, but there's nothing like it. I mean, I really take it for granted sometimes. And when you stop and think about it, it is remarkable that we're building a business together and helping other people and getting to do something that we're passionate about. Totally. Oh my God. I love it. I love it. Okay, Delia, you. I mean, the same, Juliet, you know, this entrepreneurial journey is insane. And there are so many ups and downs. And so it's really cool to start something and see it grow together and both be working on it together. And when she's having an off day, I'm usually really excited and happy. And the opposite, which is really good, because if we were both at the same at the same time, then that could be a real challenge because you need somebody to pull you up out of the, like, it's okay. We can do this. Everything's going to be fine. Oh my gosh. I love that. Well, I could talk to you guys for hours. I mean, I really, really could. This is fascinating. I love just the interworks and I love how excited you guys are to be working yeah. together. I think it's just such a beautiful thing, but I'm going to say goodbye to Allison and Delia. And thank you again. The style that binds us guys, the style that buys us.com on Instagram podcast, YouTube, LinkedIn, you can find them by their names, but you can also find the style that binds us and um, just keep doing what you guys are doing. I'm excited that we Aww. connected and I'm excited to see your journey and for us to work together, you know, Absolutely. again, that sounds Same. great, Juliet. Thanks so much. Yes. Thank you. So you guys, you know what to do, like rate and review this episode. And you might listen to this and be like, Oh, that's so cool. But you don't know there's someone in your life that actually needs to hear this episode. They need to hear this episode because maybe they're meant to work with someone in their family. Maybe they need a little push to do something. Maybe they're stuck in life. Maybe they're midlife and they think that there's nothing else out there for them. There's so many things in this episode that are going to help someone. So again, I want you to be sharing this with five or six of your friends and tell them to do the same. We will see you guys with another episode of Your Next Stop or Your Next Stop Live or YNS Live soon. And thank you again for joining. I hope you liked this episode of Your Next Stop. Please subscribe to my channel, share with your friends and join in each week. 